Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. I don't know if you've had any this week. But then he said, be a good cheer. Be happy. For I've overcome the world. Glory to God. You know, I need Since Zona brought it up, You know, I, there are things that used to I'd persevere through. I've, I've gotten up here before and spoke, running fever. And the Lord taught me something. He said, you, you get it. And when I get under the anointing, things break. But he said, uh, <clears throat> I also want you to take care of stuff. And so... You know, when I had this little incident Sunday morning, I immediately called Trey and Nita and and all the uh, leadership and let them know what was going on and that we were going to make a trip to the emergency room. They let me go just a few hours later. Well, we took all the tests. We can't find nothing. Anyway, the follow-up was this, and I'm telling you this for a reason. Uh... They found out that possibly through the follow-up, not over there, that uh, I had been fighting uh, beginning stages of an ulcer. Ulcers happen for several reasons. Wrong kinds of medication, number one. Number two, uh, stress. Great stress can cause ulcers. And so, anyway, that's what that was. Devil's a liar. Jesus is Lord. And I've been healed. Glory to God. Now, I got a couple of things that I need to share with you real quickly before we get into today. Number one, there's going to be an election that's going to take place in November, November the 7th. There are 14 propositions, state propositions that are offered in this election and you need to vote I'm going to give you one example if you don't if you despise property tax the way I do because first of all it's not even biblical it's not in the Bible uh, your income tax okay, well, how are they going to get it they'll figure out another way but anyway, thank God we live in a state that doesn't have any state income tax. But property taxes have been out of hand. And uh, at least they did something that's the best that they have done in my lifetime. And so that's on the ballot. Even though they passed it in, in, in the Senate and in the House of Representatives, and it's been signed by the governor, it still has to be voted on by the people. 
So that's just one of them. There's 14 of them, and you need to get ready to vote. And you say, well, do you have all the information for you? I, I can tell you how to get it. You want a sample of the ballot? Go to Texas Secretary of State. Look up election, and it will show November the 7th, and it'll give you a sample of the ballot, which you can look at, begin to study, and go from there. Now, the reason why, you know, sometimes we're lazy. If you don't get your nose in this, it's going to have a ripple effect in your life. I had one, somebody one time just tell me, not too long ago, a few years ago. Well, if you would rent like I do, you wouldn't pay any income tax, I mean, property tax. And I looked at him and I said, you've got to be kidding me. You really believe that? Do you, don't you think the owner is passing that on to you? So everybody in here is affected by property tax, whether you like it or not. Okay? Whether you own your property or not, you're affected by it. And it can get out of hand and be unjust. So that's just one thing. Okay? That's just one thing. There are several other things. You need to go on, on there and look. You play with that blasted phone all the time anyway. Why don't you just get off of Facebook and go right over there and do a little, do a little research? You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll punch in there on YouTube, how do I do so-and-so? Okay, why don't you just go over there and do a little research and find out what these are about? And we'll give you more information. By the way, early voting starts October the 23rd and goes through November the 3rd. And then the election day is November the 7th. You need to take care of business. Because if you don't, it's going to have a ripple effect in your life. All right? And uh, <clears throat> now, that brings me up to something else. This is very, very, very highly, highly important. Right now, the Texas legislative body has in a special session for one purpose. One purpose. And that is about what we're going to do with parental choice when, it, when the, cho the parents decide where their children go to school. Now, we have teachers and have had them through, through the years that have come to this church that have taught in public schools. I'm not against public schools if they'd let God in. But they kicked God out when I was in grade school. And, and now they're, they're teaching your children things that you don't know. And when you try to find out, you're the bad person. Okay? And so I'm just telling you that it, it, in my opinion, everybody hear that? Did you hear what I just said? From what I see in the Bible, the parents are the number one teachers of their children. And you shouldn't have somebody behind your back teaching your children things that you don't believe and then make you, force you to pay for it. 
force you to pay for it. I just read a statistic lately, and the statistic is, or this, this is, I shouldn't say just statistic, it's, it's fact. Our ACT test scores are at a 30-year low. They are dumbing our kids down. Now, I didn't say that the teachers, that many of the teachers are. I'm saying the system is. This system is broken. Do you all understand what I just said? The system is broken. And now there's a challenge to the system. And the challenge of that system is giving the parents the right to have the money follow their decision. In my opinion, if the public school system is doing such a great job, they don't mind the competition then. He said, Pastor Ronnie, I want you to preach to me. I am preaching to you right now, and you don't even know it. This is going to affect your children and your grandchildren from here on out. In my opinion, this has been my opinion all along. I graduated from the public school system. But my, our children went to private Christian education. 90% of their life. In fact, there was only two years and our oldest one didn't go for two years. And you want to know why? Because we were being taxed and we still had to pay tuition. Are you following me? It should follow the parents. Are you following me? Whatever the parents are saying, and I'm going to tell you, some parents don't have a brain anyway because they don't know the Bible. But they should have that right. You should be able to train your children up in the way that you believe. I'm talking about on a general, general thing. As Christians, you ought to train them up in the way God wants them trained. Are you all following me? You need to inform the state legislative body your position on this now. Because I'm going to tell you right now, special interest groups are voicing their opinion. And they will override the parents if they get a chance. We're living in serious times. But we can overcome. You need to let them know. You say, well, I don't have any kids in school. Do you pay taxes? Free it. Compete. Free enterprise. I love y'all. Only y'all can take it from me. Glory to God. So you need to, you need to know that. Now, God wants to fix broken systems. The only way he can do that is if he gets involved. You kick God out, the system's going to be broken. You don't believe that? Kick God out of your marriage. 
Don't have God the center of your marriage. I promise you, your marriage will break. That's an institution ordered by God. Moving right along. The last thing right now. Before we do anything else, we're going to pray for the nation of Israel. Now I've got to make this clear because if you listen to, you think the education system's broken? Listen carefully. When you've got people in the United States, college students and college professors that are advocating and saying what happened to Israel is okay, that lets you know the system's broken. The system's broken. We got it, we got it, the church has to get their head screwed on biblically and start acting like it. I am not going to pay for my grandchildren to go to a higher educational system that has no sense. Not going to do it. For me to be proud for a plaque on the wall and them to be as dumb as a piece of coal and have no morals, there's something wrong. I said, Pastor Ronnie, why don't you just preach? I am, I'm telling you the Bible. We're going to pray right now for the nation of Israel. Because as this progresses, they may not have as many people standing behind them as they do right now. Because this is something that needed to be rooted out years ago. God gave them the Gaza Strip long years ago. And they've been appeasing because of political pressure around the world. And look at what it cost them. This is the day of uncompromising lifestyles. Love you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. You made a covenant with the nation Israel before you ever made a covenant with us. And that covenant was to bring the Savior into the world. You promised Abraham, wherever he put the soles of his feet, you would give it to his descendants. Now, Father, you see what has taken place with the spirit of terrorism loosed in our generation to your people. We bring them before you. We ask that you grant unto them wisdom and understanding to the leaders. Cause them to have information provided to them by you supernaturally of the enemy's move before they make it. You did it in the old covenant. You did it for Israel before in the past and we ask you to do it today. And Father, we thank you right now that the spirit of terrorism be removed from the Gaza Strip in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now. Glory to God for your provision, supernatural provision. We thank you, Father. You are the Prince of Peace. Now, Lord, we pray for those that have had 
this terror brought upon them that are in grief right now. And Lord, I thank you that you give them peace and justice. We thank you, Father God, right now. Also, that you make a way where there is no way for the peace of Jerusalem. You told us to pray for that. You told us that you would bless those that would pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that's what we do right now. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We give you the praise and the thanksgiving. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Your promises are true to a thousand generations. They endure forever. The same promises you made to Abraham are still alive and working today. And Lord, we pray right now for hostages being released. Help, Father, I thank you that you guide the military to where those hostages are. And Lord, we thank you that they will be released in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. The Lord, we give you the praise and thanksgiving for your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to dismiss our 180 group right now. That's our, our uh, teenagers. Glory to God. Thank God for our teenagers. We're going to talk about Truth Seeds Part 2. Last month in September, we dealt with, with that whole month about seed time and harvest. That the whole earth operates today, even today. In fact, he says in Genesis, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. The earth is still here, and so we still have seed time and harvest. Wow. What you're seeing take place, what we just prayed over, is a result of seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. He tells us in the book of Galatians, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall reap everlasting life. Now, we're, here's the deception. This deception is this. To think that you can sow a cucumber and reap corn. That's why he said, be not deceived. It's, it's deception. There's no way that you could do that. Now we would look at a farmer and we'd say, you stupid fool. But we do it in our everyday lives. You can't live like the world and be in right standing with God. Now you can't be in right standing with God by yourself. We understand that. But, but it's the, the church has got to wake up and understand, why would you and I 
want to live like a system that's broken that would stab you in the back and cut your throat. Why would we want to? The only reason why we want to is the same fallen human nature that's in that system we were born with. Okay? And if I, the Bible posted in the book of Proverbs like this, it's like a dog actually turning around and eating its own vomit. Now, you and I think that's disgusting, but I've seen it happen. And as a pastor, I've seen it happen. People, people, I've seen people get upset because they came from a, a, an alcoholic family. Parents were alcoholics. And then says, I, I hate that. And then turn around and wind, go wind up being an alcoholic. Are you following me? Why would we do that? Only reason why we do that is because of fallen human nature that's in us. Now, Jesus came. One of the greatest mistakes I think that we make is to think that Jesus came so that after we die, we get to go to a place where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. And that is true. But if that was the ultimate goal, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? The moment that you make Jesus the Lord of your life, why wouldn't he turn to his angel Scotty and say, beam them up before they screw up? Why wouldn't he do that? How many of you know that he didn't do that? How many of you know that after you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you still live in the nasty now and now? Hello? Why wouldn't he do that? Because Jesus didn't come just so your future would be bright. He came so that your present would be right. He came to actually deliver us from ourselves. Now, I know that you think you're right in your own eyes. But you're not. You have to be delivered from yourself. That fallen human nature. It's corrupt. It's prideful. It's arrogant. It is absolutely deceiving. And it will absolutely cause you to walk in a wisdom that's devilish. But Jesus came so we could be freed from the bondage of that thing. That's where condemnation's at. In fact, the book of Romans tells us in Romans chapter 8 that Jesus came to condemn sin in the flesh. In other words, he put condemnation. Condemnation is sin in the flesh. So if you want to be condemned, to stay where you're at. Just keep living after the flesh. And you'll wind up condemning yourself. Love me, Jesus. So Jesus came to deliver us from ourselves. Say that with me. Jesus came to deliver me from me. That's why he said you must be born again. 
You got to be born from above. Why did he say that? Because he wants to give you a brand new spirit. He wants to take a stony heart out of you and give you a heart like after God. And when he does so, your life changes. That's the reason why, if you want to know why I, I say this, everything in your life should center around you being born again and your new creation lifestyle, not about everything in the past, the opinions, or even your flaky feelings. He came to deliver you from you. Zona is glad that Jesus delivered me from me. Still working on it. Now, I want to make something very clear so you'll know. We're going to look at some scripture here in just a minute about truth seeds. But you are a triune being according to the Bible. What does that mean? You means you're one being, but you have three, three parts of you. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life, your spirit gets born again. Your spirit is as, as perfect as it's ever going to be. You're born again spirit. Everybody with that? But your soul is the area of your decision making. It's composed of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And it's programmed. Before you got born again, it was programmed by a dead spirit. It was dead to God, and so it was alive to the devil. Are you follow? So when you got born again, born from above, now your spirit is reborn. It's born from God. Now your mind, your will, and your emotions have to be reprogrammed by your spirit. But if you don't feed your spirit, your spirit does not have the strength to overcome the opinions, the desires, and the passions that are already programmed in your soul. That's the reason why you'll have some Christians go to church, may have had a born-again experience, but then they didn't stay long enough to be taught and trained and disciplined. That's what it means to be a disciple. They didn't stay long enough. Something little something happened in their life, or maybe some little something happened in the church, and they pick up their marbles and go home. Hey, y'all know I'm healed now. They pick up their marbles and go home and they don't, let, they don't let the Word of God and the Spirit of God teach them and train them and reprogram their soul. And so the devil, all he's got to do is just get a little something wrong in your life and you'll revert back to your old way of living and you'll handle it that way because your soul is not reprogrammed. Are y'all with me? And sometimes, and that's what it means. That, that's what it means for the flesh. When we talk about fleshly minded or carnal minded, this is the definition of it in the New Testament. Carnal mindedness is sense and reasoning without 
Everybody say without. The influence of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Okay. For those that get shook up, this is October. They think ghost. Okay. It's without the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so you're not, there's no such thing as I asked you. My mom used to ask me a penny for your thoughts. That's what she's telling me that's worth. But there's no such thing as not thinking. Well, I wasn't thinking. No, you, you were thinking, but you wasn't thinking what you were supposed to be thinking. Are you following me? I doubt you could commit adultery speaking in tongues. Kandala basatala basata. Are you following me? These are true seeds. What we're doing here, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. I, God cannot take you to another level that he hasn't revealed to you yet. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. You can't learn times tables till you learn addition. You have to have your times tables before you can have div division. And that's the, all of those are the basic fundamentals for algebra. Are you following me? And a lot of Christians say, well, take me to the next level, God. He can't take you to the next level if you're not walking in the truth of the present level. But Zona brought it up Thursday, and I'm going to re, uh, reuse it. My dad had a dream, and I ne I'll never forget, he t tell this dream all the time. He had a dream that he was running hurdles. And as he's running these hurdles, all these hurdles were even. Man, he was just running those hurdles and he is doing a good job until he came to a hurdle that was just a little bit taller than the ones he had been jumping over. And he came right up to it and just as he came to it, he went around it. Continued on the next hurdles that were all even and he was jumping them and he saw two angels pick up that hurdle, bring it and set it in front of him again. He came to that hurdle that they set out there in front of him and he ran around it again. He did it about, I don't know, two or three times until finally, I think he either woke up about this time. And here's the point. If you ain't got nothing to overcome, then you're not an overcomer. Read the book of Revelation. See what he has to say about overcomers. And it's going to take the truth of God's word for you to overcome. Number one, yourself. And number two, your circumstances. I have to remove my old nature out of the way in order to overcome my circumstances. 
If I don't remove my old nature out of the way, I cannot overcome my circumstances. We want God to remove circumstances. And God says, you don't understand. I put the circum... I, I'm going to say it this way. I allowed the circumstances so that you could overcome that thing in your life, talking about yourself, and because you've overcome that, now you're equipped to overcome your circumstances. The Bible calls believers overcomers, and he calls them more than conquerors. The church has had a paradigm in the past that if I show up and I sit and endure Pastor Ronnie for a good 30, 40 minutes, I'll cut him off after that. But if I'll sit there and endure that, then I have done my religious duty. That's your problem. You think this is religion? It is not religion. It's a relationship. God is taking you. We have no idea how far we fail in the garden. And you have no idea how far Jesus has elevated us with his death, burial, and resurrection. Because of our fallen human nature. That has programmed our soul. Your soul is where you make decisions. Every decision, every choice you make is a seed. It's a seed. Now, thank God for the blood of Jesus and repentance being my friend. You ought to say that out loud. You ought to be shouting right now. Thank God for repentance being my friend. Why? Because the plow of repentance can uh, plow up any seed that I sowed out of my own wisdom. Hallelujah. Okay. True seeds. True seeds. Psalms 25. Let's go there. I told you we was going to go there. So Psalms 25. This is our theme verses. And we'll, I, I, I'm going to start in verse 8 and we'll read through verse 10. Psalms 25. In the King James, by the way. Look at verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Everybody say good and upright. Good. How many of you have ever had an experience in your life where you thought God wasn't fair? The rest of you have never acknowledged God in anything. Then. How many of you have ever had an experience where you questioned, you questioned the experience and you, you, you thought, dear God, you, you, can't be, you can't be upright in letting this happen to me. A few more hands. Maybe we'll get a third question here to get us unanimous. <laughs> Good and upright is the Lord. If there's any failure in my life, if there's any failure in your life, it is a failure to allow Jesus to be Lord. Okay, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he's good and upright. 
There's no shadow of turning within him. He's not a flakoid like we've been. There's no shadow of turning within him. Okay? He's good and upright. God is good. Amen. In fact, the word good is not even good enough. Watch this. It's going to get real interesting right here. Therefore, God is good and upright. Therefore, you, do you understand the English word therefore? The word therefore means because of this. Because God is good and upright, He will teach sinners in the way. He will do what? In the way. Notice this. The way. The way. The way. The way. There's only one way. Only one. And it's the way that God created us to be. Not the way Adam and Eve took, but the way he created us to be. Okay? And Jesus is referred in John chapter 14 as the way. Pastor Zona taught on Thursday the show and tell of God. God is a show and tell God. He not only tells you what to do, He shows you what to do. Jesus is the show of God's Word telling. Are you following that? Jesus absolutely demonstrated this way of life. This way of life is not reserved, listen carefully, only for Jesus, the Word in flesh form. But it's reserved for all those who believe on Jesus. You follow me? He came to show us how to live. Are you following that? And here's the thing. Religion will make you think it cannot be lived. Do you know why religion does that? Religion does that because it's using carnal thinking to try to interpret the purposes of God. The relationship with you and Jesus, empowered by the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, can cause you to walk and live the way he did. Now, I know some of you are like, no, 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 Brother Ronnie, I never heard this. We're just all sinners and we all sin daily. So you expect to sin today. You know, my dad was driving down the road. He was out in the country. He's just driving down the road because he had been kind of like a rancher type person. He loved beautiful cattle. He's driving down the road. He's driving down the road by himself. And he looks off to the right-hand side. And there are some what we called white-faced. They're Hereford cattle is the brand. They were slick and fat. 
because the grass was about belly high and they were beautiful. And he got, in, he got so focused on that that he found himself going into the bar ditch and he whipped the car back on the road. Listen to what religion does. Listen carefully right here, right now. Religion is carnal reasoning trying to interpret the purposes of God. Religion will teach us to expect to sin daily. Teach you to expect it. And if you're trained that way, keep talking that way, then guess what you're looking at? Guess what you're going to wind up doing? Oh, hallelujah. I feel freedom in the air. That's why he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. You should have the word in your eyes and your ears on a daily basis. You should not wait until you get here to hear me scream at you. You should have me developing this relationship. I, as I develop my relationship and I have fellowship with Jesus on a daily basis, religion can't talk me into sinning. Because I find out that the scripture says that because of his shed blood, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen very carefully. If you will take the New Testament, let, let's, I'm talking about starting from the book of Acts. And you will begin to read in there and insert yourself in there. Then you get in the Paul's epistles and start reading in there that the eyes of my understanding are enlightened. And I know the hope of my calling that's in Christ Jesus. You start putting it in there like that. You start reading it like he's talking to you. Then all of a sudden you're going to get a different perspective. And that perspective is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do what Jesus says I can do. I can do it. I can do it. I can forgive. I can forgive. Religion will sympathize with you and try to, uh, 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 and try to make you think. This is what it'll do. Well, I know what you've been through and, and I know it's hard to forgive. I know it's hard and you're just going to have a hard time. I just know it. And you say, yeah, yeah. And people spend... 50 years trying to forgive something of the past and it comes right back in front of them again for them to go around the same mulberry bush and eat the same throw up that they've eaten all those 50 years. Because they don't believe they can forgive. You can forgive. Oh man, hallelujah. You don't know how good a time I'm having right now. You can forgive. And let me ask you a question. If you forgave, let me rephrase it. 
Anything that God ever forgave me of, He never mentioned it to me again. Well, that got real thick now. Got real thick. What I was helping you to see is if we're going to have an impact in our society, the church has got to change the way it's thinking. They have to change it. You got more going for you than you got against you. If you just knew what God had in mind for you, it'd fry that little pea brain. And all of a sudden now, you'd have God begin to work in your thoughts. This is what he said. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth. He's going to teach sinners in the way. Now watch this. The meek, as he teaches them, the meek. The meek means those that are humble or teachable. I'll say it that way. Because you can teach and people still not learn. Okay? Moses tried to teach the children of Israel and they were stubborn and thick-headed. And the Bible says Moses was, was a meek man. The meek, as he teaches, he will guide in judgment. He will guide in judgment. Now listen very carefully. Judgment. I've heard people say, well, now we're not supposed to judge. Well, that's not exactly true because Jesus said to judge yourself. He didn't tell you not to judge. He said, judge yourself. I can't make people do anything. You can't make people do anything. Judge yourself in the situation. What is judgment? Judgment is a decision. I watched some college football yesterday. For a little while, Zona and I did. And there were referees all over that field making judgment. That's making judgment calls. Was he inbounds or out of bounds when he caught that pass? And a, lot of, a lot of Christians think just because, now he caught the pass. Now if it happened, it must be God. Was he inbounds or out of bounds? See, that's the attitude is. I don't have any responsibility. Was he inbounds or out of bounds? Okay? He caught it. Well, I guess he, he caught it. He caught it. There were times that they said he was out of bounds. So it means it doesn't count. You need to be happy right now. There's some things in your life that you've accepted as in bounds because it happened. And God says, I judge that thing as wrong. Oh, yeah. 
You don't have to have that. You don't have to live that way. But it happened. Are you following me? He will, te- he will cause the meek, those that will be teachable, he will guide them in judgment. The meek will he teach, listen to that, his way. Now watch this carefully. Verse 10. All of the paths. How many? All of the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Every direction. I don't care where you came from. It doesn't matter where you came from. God is not focused on where you came from. All of his paths have one destination. Mercy and truth. So if you came from this direction over here, it's going to lead right back to mercy and truth because that's his way. If you came from over there, you came from over there, it doesn't matter where you came from. All of his paths lead to one place, mercy and truth. It's really going to get interesting. I know some of y'all are really, Jesus, help me. Look at this. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto, watch this, such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. His covenant test. You cannot have mercy and truth believing a lie. You cannot do that. Now notice that mercy and truth is going to have uh, 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 be effect and lead uh, the, uh, these people that keep his covenant and testimonies. You've got to value the covenant God has made and you've got to, you've got to value his testimonies. You've got to put it in high esteem. Not, not, listen, if you, it, I promise you if you take 30 days, just 30 days, that you don't let any negative come out of your mouth and focus and only let the testimonies of the Lord come out of your mouth. My God, what your life would change. You'd be happy. You wouldn't fear anything. And, And people would like you. Huh? You follow what? Just keep his testimonies and his covenant. He's going to teach us how to do that. But you got to be meek, teachable for that to happen. I've told people for years, if you will give me five years of your life, of diligence, I'm not talking about coming to church once a year for five years. You give five years years of your life diligence every time the church doors are open you make it possible to be here and you listen to the Holy Spirit talk to whoever he's talking up here and I don't just let anybody up here 
your life will not be the same. You say, why five years? That's a long time. Well, it took you these decades to screw it all up. All I'm asking for is five years. You follow what I'm saying? Folks, I'm telling you this. We're living in the end times. People don't know it. They don't, there are people that have been around church all their lives that don't know what I'm talking about. They can't even discern these moments. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. I love Jesus. Go maybe to one other place. This is the only two places we're going to go today. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, we'll look at verse number 5 through 7. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Why would he make that statement? Because... The pride of fallen human nature is the pride of Satan himself. Satan is very arrogant, prideful. Folks, I've been raised around church all my life. And I had to, I had to ask God to burn out any pride. And it wasn't until he did so that I got, started getting delivered from myself. I was going to church. I was raised in church. I was tithing. Come to church and still be full of pride. Church people don't know they got it. I'm not, I'm not picking on you. I'm telling you from my standpoint. And if I would have continued down that road, I'd have messed up my life going to church. It wasn't the church's fault. It wasn't the preacher's fault. I had a pride problem that I didn't want to recognize. Now, this is confession time now. I'd have probably pushed away one of the most precious gifts I had in my life right there. It happens all the time in churches. Statistically, there's hardly any difference between those that go to church and those that don't go to church in their marriages. Statistically. And neither one of them realize it's pride problem. In fact, most of the counseling that Zona and I have ever done, that's why we don't do it anymore except from the pulpit. Most of the problems or most of the counseling that we did, we'd get them in the office and all they want to do is complain about their spouse. Their spouse needs straightening out. Their spouse needs straightening out. Zona said, (laughs) 
Zona had one person met with her one time that it was the spouse that needed straightened out. Zona tried to talk to her about herself. She didn't think she needed any help. So Zona said, well, you know, we're not going to talk no more. We'll talk about other things. So Zona propped the door open and visited with her about anything else but them. Are you following me? You cannot, if, if, if you're going to get help and you want to hear the truth, remember talking about truth seeds, you want to hear the truth, you cannot go over there and say everything that's wrong with your spouse. You can't do it. You're not getting any help. Your spouse is not there. So we got a slanted point of view. Oh, man, it's getting thick in here. What I have found and discovered that church people don't want to squash gossip. They don't want to do what the Bible says. Now, you understand, I'm talking about all the church people don't go to Omega Church. Everybody understand that, right? Okay, we're talking about everybody else. They don't want to squash gossip by going to the people that that they need to go to. Because to do that, they would have to confront truth. Woo-hoo, hallelujah. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said it. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the truth, said this. If you have ought against your brother, you go to your brother. You shouldn't go to anybody else. And yet, we'll go to everybody else but the person we have ought against. Well, I just want you to pray with me over, over, about them. There's something not right about them. Hello. We gotta be careful of this kind of stuff. We don't want to squash it. You ought to squash it. And then after you've told about ten people, that tenth person didn't hear it the first time, doesn't really know because you only got half the story. And time the tenth person gets it, 99% of it is based on absolute lies. People quit the church because there's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites over there, but you wouldn't go to the person you had ought against. That's a hypocrite. Say, Pastor Ronnie, why are you being so hard? I'm trying to tell you something. These, we're living in the last days. You ain't got time to fool around. Better start planting some truth seeds. You don't get some true seeds in there. I promise you that the way this is going to unfold, there's going to be a harvest, and you won't be on the, we won't have the right seeds in the ground. Those same people that, here again, let them go here. These same people don't have a clue on why their prayers don't work. 
Well, I've been praying, Pastor Ronnie, and it just don't work. It just, I, I just don't know what else to do. It's not working because you have deceived yourself. You've been a hearer of the word, but not a doer of it. James says that person deceives themselves. You know what I've discovered about truth? Truth is the same no matter who you are. Your position, your money, your good looks, Ain't got nothing to do with it. Truth is truth. And when you, when you follow the truth of God's word, I'm going to promise you, you will come out on top. Truth will not spare your feelings. That perhaps is the big problem because we still have our feelings programmed with fallen human nature. We really don't want to deal with an issue because we want sympathy. Do, do y'all remember the announcement there, the last thing we said? This was going to be no nonsense. Okay. Trying to tell you, many of God's people never wind up being where they're supposed to be and fulfilling what they're supposed to be fulfilling in their lives because they don't let truth reign in their lives. It's tough. It's tough on the flesh. But you're supposed to make that man dead already. Man, my clock disappeared. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> Watch carefully. Go to verse 6. By mercy and truth. By what? Mercy. Notice what it does not say. By mercy, iniquity is purged. It doesn't say that. It says, by mercy and truth, these twins have to work together. We could say it this way. These partners have to work together. They have to work together. In Jesus, the Bible says, in Jesus, mercy and truth kiss. They're the dynamic duel. Watch this. By mercy and truth, iniquity is what? We'll say it another way. It's flushed out. It doesn't continue to stink up the room. Are you following me? By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. They depart from evil. 
Now watch verse 7. When a man's ways, why man's ways please the Lord? How will man's ways please the Lord? When he understands that all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. And he gets on that path and he stays on that path. Then guess what happens? His ways please the Lord. He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Even his enemies can't do nothing about him. He's on the paths of mercy and truth. Can't stop him. It's better than I make peace with him. Are you following? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is good. God's good. God's good. God's good. God's good. God's good. God's good. Patrick, what time do you have? 1122? 11.20. I usually don't let you out till 1230. Then we're, we're good. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do right now. Now, folks, I know that this today, I know that it's straightforward. I get that. But I'm, I'm telling you, we are in a place in human history. We have been lied to, deceived, been fed disinformation. And, and we believe because it shows up on a screen that it has to be true. And in reality, 99% of it is nothing but fake news. It's fake, even personally. And God is saying, I'm going to deal with my church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which you were baptized in, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were absolutely plunged into the church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the days of its influence are coming to an end. And the church has to be ready for the completion and the fulfillment of what God purposed it to do from the foundation of the world. And the church has to have the spiritual fortitude instilled in them by the power of the Holy Ghost in order to operate in mercy and truth. The world cries for mercy, but they don't want truth. Therefore, their iniquity will never be purged until they want truth, until they're sick and tired of the lies. And God is calling upon a group of people in these last days called the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus, to have their lifestyle in order so that the power of God can move through them to do what no other generation ever seen done before. 
I'm telling you. God says he's looking for some people that will overcome. Be more than conquerors. That will conquer this, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And let the truth of Jesus Christ be demonstrated through them to a generation that has believed lies. Hook, line, and sinker. We got churches now. That think holy matrimony is anybody that wants to be married to somebody. Yeah, or anything. Because the next thing, they're going to be married to their pets. You think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Bestiality is right around the corner. They'll make you think you're, that a beast is equal to you. Somebody marrying their dog. What was holy instituted by God now, we got churches and leaders of churches that will think it's all right just to get a crowd versus telling them the truth. Pastor Ronnie, why are you talking rough like this? I'm telling you, truth is here. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, if you will continue in my word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You will never step into freedom believing a lie. Now how do we know it's the truth then, Pastor Ronnie? You got to know who is truth. You got to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And once you know truth, once you have a relationship with the truth, I'm going to promise you this. You will hate and despise lies. Because the lies came from the father of lies. Who is a murderer from the beginning. Thank you, Jesus. What do you want us to do, Pastor Ron? The meek will he teach his way. Here's what I want to give you a chance to do. This is not going to be formal. I'm going to give you a chance right now, today, this moment, to humble yourself. And ask the Holy Ghost to burn out any false pride in your life. And let the truth of God lead you and guide you. You're not doing this for me. You're not doing this to me. I have to do it myself. I have to humbly say, Holy Ghost, here I am. Help me. I want to be taught. I want to be trained in the way. Your way of living. I'm tired of living my life, my way, or the way somebody else thinks I ought to live it. 
I want to live it the way you want me to live it. If that means walking alone, I will do so. If it means being mocked and made fun of, I will tolerate it. But I want to live the life that you paid for, Jesus. I want to be like you. I want your lifestyle. When a body of believers start doing what I'm talking about, the miraculous will break out. The supernatural will take over. Not everybody will like it, but there'll be many people that are in bondage that will be set free. That's the kind of church that God wants in these last days. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. Richard, can you sing that song? When I look, and look, when I look at you, I see heaven. The one that we had scheduled that I changed. I don't know if you got people that's going to sing with you, but get up here if you are. I want you to just take a few moments. God wants you to come right down here to the front. Just get, come down here to the front. You want to get on your knees. You want to stand. But I want, what I want you to do is I want you to be surrendered. You can sit in your chair. Whatever you want to do, but I want us to take a few moments to let the Holy Ghost do His work in us. Now the reason why you will see heaven is because you're looking into the eyes of truth. Glory to God. The thing that has bound people, the thing that has bound people is they don't look into the eyes of Jesus. When you look into the eyes of Jesus, He burns all of that fakeness and flakeness out. And He frees you. He frees you. Glory to God. The spirit of freedom is here. Because the spirit of truth is here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now, just call upon Him. Jesus, here I am. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now. Oh, hallelujah. Look into us, Father. Look into us with your eyes as a flame of fire. As a flame of fire. Purging all those lies out of us. All those things that have caused us to have prideful attitudes that have been based upon deception. Glory to God. We submit ourselves to you. Here we are. Mold us. Make us. Fashion us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Heaven is moving into this room right now. Heaven is moving into this room right now. Heaven is moving into this room right now. Heaven is moving in this room right now. Glory to God. Breaking down all the resistance. Breaking down the hard shells that we have put up. Breaking it down. Cracking it open. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, we welcome you here. We welcome you here. Oh, heaven, move in this room. Holy Ghost, move in this room. Glory to God, move in this room. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for victory. Glory to God. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you right now as this falls off. You can't help but fall in love with him. You can't help but falling in love with him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I thank you right now. If anybody doesn't know you, I thank you, Lord, right now by your spirit. You're drawing them into a relationship. Father, even those that are viewing by live stream, Lord, if they don't really know you're not really in a true relationship with you, Father, I thank you that you draw them. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Sing that one more time. Just keep it keep it a little low, but sing it. Sing it. It's hard to sing it like that. But glory to God. See, when you have all that junk off of you, now you can live. You understand what I'm saying? You have all that stuff off. You you don't you you could be freed. You could be freed. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's why when you look into his eyes, Jesus Jesus Paul said, "Speak the truth in love." The whole reason why he wants you to, he's going to look into you. The truth is looking into you with his eyes. When he does. He burns out all that junk and he, he allow, you allow now that freedom that he's always wanted you to have. See, living in this life, the devil, he's, he's the father of lies. That's why you need to have, have a relationship with him. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for everyone here. Thank you for everyone that's viewing by live stream. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you draw them by your spirit if they don't know you. And cause them, Lord, to be visited with your presence and to crown you, Lord, of their lives. To turn away from the world, the flesh, and the devil and cling to you. Now, Father, I thank you that as we leave this place today, that your grace would surround us like a shield 
Follow us wherever we go. And the voice of another we won't follow. We thank you, Father God, right now that you've given your angels charge over us. Our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us your name, the name that's above every name. That at your name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We invoke that name right now and we declare in the name of Jesus there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, we thank you right now. Fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives and every person we come in contact with, your love would ooze out of us and touch them with the truth of the gospel. We give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Give somebody a high five and say, I've witnessed a miracle. It's one minute after 12. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.